It is a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? God is gracious. God is good. We celebrate Thanksgiving today. And of course, when the book of Hebrews talks about that when trouble comes to the earth, mighty and fearful things take place, we receiving a kingdom or we receiving a gift of God whereby we give to God thanksgiving continually. And this is the pleasing thing in the sight of God. And so we not only are encouraged to do that this morning, but in every day of our life. Next week, Phil Nardine, one of my closest friends who stands with me in the apostolic ministry of our ministerial organization, will be here to minister to us. I recommend that you come because he has a good word of faith. Amen. Now let's keep praying for Pastor and his good wife as they are in Hawaii. Now that seems to be a little misnomer because in our imagination, Hawaii Hawaii is a nice place, so they don't need prayer. (laughs) It'll all be good. Oh, by the way, praying for the election. I want to talk to you about how to pray and what your faith should be anchored to so that the enemy does not use your prayer against you or even against the thought of prayer. Why do we pray? Some people in the kingdom or Christianity feel we pray because we are expecting to have the dark spirits that run our nation brought down and the righteous elevated. But it doesn't happen. So the enemy then points his finger at at the church and says, why pray? Well, I tell you why pray. It's not to bind the darkness. The book of Timothy tells us how to pray. Tells us that we may pray that we may have a peaceful and a prosperous life. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the worst kings that ever was. But when Daniel and others prayed, the children of Israel were blessed. You pray so even those that are ungodly don't know what they're doing and they end up blessing the righteous. Why are you not thundering amens at me? You know, I've never heard this before. Well, figure it out and read the book. Then you'll find that that's the truth. Darius, the king, what did he do? He was a Syrian king. What did he do? He picked out the young Israeli princes 
sent them back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. An ungodly king? That's why we pray. I don't care necessarily whether the people are falling down or getting up. I do pray that the will of God be done in Canada. And that's what we've been commanded to pray. Taras, would you please stand up and read these scriptures? Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now the next one is found in the book of Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they exist and were created. I want to talk to you today about the active, fulfilling life of God that has been given to us in salvation. And the manner by which we have been challenged to enjoy God and his way. First of all, it talks about a man named Enoch who had the testimony of his life given. In that, he pleased God. Now, I want you to take the word please and attach it to the word that's in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. Thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Put those two together now. Enoch had this testimony So much so that a miracle of God in his life took place for him. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Next scripture, it says, Hebrews 11, 6. Thou hast, no. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For without faith, all right, let's put the three of them together. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Last book of the Bible. All things are created for his pleasure. For his pleasure. After such a tremendous price being paid by our Savior Jesus for our redemption, I'm sure all of us here in the church this morning are shocked and aware of the evil that prevails in the world. The systems of the world, yes, in politics, in learning, or in pleasure. And yet God has said to the church, here is my challenge to you. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. I am quite often in my elderly experience even amazed at us in the church for that how faith life sometimes is not as prevailing and the anointing of his presence and the challenge that God brings to us is many times strangled because it takes us a challenge and it takes for us an obedient spirit to see faith exist in our lives. In the New Testament, it was written in Greek. And the Greek word for faith is pisti, P-I-S-T-I-S. Why do we talk about this? Because it had an interpretive meaning to the church in that time. What faith is, is not an emotion. What faith is, it is not a power-moving source that produces miracles. The word pisti actually means without being steadfast, without being stabilized, without being reliable. And we could say faithful. What happened? all of the signature things that have taken place in the Christian church down through the years. We this morning sang songs of God's goodness, sang songs of his mercy and his grace. Now we do that so that we can bring pleasure to the Lord. What is most important about our life of Christianity, that we have a faith system or that we please the Lord because all things are and were created for his pleasure. Sometimes 
we turn that inward and we say that's for our pleasure, for our enjoyment. Many people cannot serve God on the basis of faith, steadfastness, commitment or reliability unto God because they are looking for what they can receive. Not what is produced by my life or for that matter our, all of our lives to bring pleasure unto the Lord. Now I believe this morning here that in this church that there are those that can understand the Bible and understand what he has said when he has recorded, but without faith, it is impossible to believe him. Without it, I believe that we can put that together with the fact of the book of Revelation, all things, all things, world, you, me, are created for his pleasure. Then I must ask myself the question, was my worship this morning a pleasure to the Lord? Or was it just an activity? Oh, we do this in our church. Did I sing with the exuberant spirit of strength where the Bible says, showing God, the first and great commandment is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord. What it means there is thou shalt experience God with all, hear me, your living powers. What happened to the Christian church 2,000 years removed from Jesus? What is taking place in the world today? that our faith is not a pleasing to God, that we almost have to have gimmicks to take up a special sacrificial offering in the sight of God. As our sister said this morning, I do it because it is the command of God and it pleases the Lord. Amen. Are you here this morning? Amen. So let's move a little closer in this thing that says all things were created for his pleasure. Does that mean the church? Does that mean our businesses? Does that mean the affections and the manners of life in the world? Yes, it does. And that means that our worship to God should be with all our living powers. If it is done for his pleasure, if God allows it for his pleasure, did we give him a pleasurable experience this morning? And so I'll say to you, where did the deterioration of joy 
and the deterioration of believing God take place and all we are is 2,000 years removed from the beautiful Jesus who died on the cross of Calvary for our redemption. And now in the world, we have churches that are offering, come on over here and get blessed. Come on over here and we're preaching to you a faith message, how you can have a new home, how you can have God bless you with finances. Oh, by the way, do you want a ruby doorknob? Come on to our church because we preach the faith message. We are people of faith. We preach the message of faith for you to get. Does that please the Lord? I said, Brother Davis, I don't want to hear this message. Tough. I'm too old to worry about that. What happened? What was the experience down through the years that we have now a systematized dead religion. Where in the days of Jesus, all strength was given to the testimony of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but if you read of some of the experiences, they willingly gave their life unto the Lord because they knew all things are and were created for his pleasure. Can you agree with me this morning? Yes, amen. Brother Davis, get this over with because it's Thanksgiving Day and we're going to have turkey. <laughs> Teaching and beliefs are under attack today. The truth of the word of God is under attack. I'm thankful that you're here this morning. But I question my own heart. Am I here to hear a word that will please God if I hear it? Am I here to respond like Enoch responded. He had this testimony that he pleased the Lord. How did this deterioration happen in just 2,000 years? Because of bad teaching, because of bad understanding, because of those that arose in the earth and begin to bring us an idea of something that would please the Lord. Here even in the 19th century, we have had teachers, Schleiermacher, who brought to us another doctrine. And we have new doctrines today. We have things today always regarding faith, come to our church. 
and hear the faith message. What did Schleiermacher, what did he propose? Man's religious consciousness was a greater force than God's word. I want to tell you that my religious consciousness are coming here this morning and having a glorious experience that I'm able to lift my hands up, sing, march, or dance is not as important as having an experience of loving the Word of God. Amen. Yes. And that's where it came from. In the earlier 19th century, oh, you should become conscious of your blessing and the greater force of God's relation and his reasoning or his religious consciousness. Do you realize in the 19th century, ministers who became the ministers of God learned how to be psychological more than anthropological, which is humanly dedicated to God's ways. To God's ways. Scripture took second place to how do you feel about the service this morning. That happened in the early 19th century. How I'm affected is not on the basis of the Word of God. It is not theological. It is anthropological, which is man-centered. That's where the doctrine of preaching came from us preachers. Preach so the people are happy. Preach. So that they're going to come back and listen to you. That happened in the early 19th century. Guess what other doctrine came along? And you may be aware of this. You may even have someone knock on your door and tell you. In the early 19th century, Another scholar brought forth a doctrine, a richly in doctrine. It is thinking not in the Bible as the authority, but of Christ's kingdom. And the preaching has been, oh, let the kingdom of God be established in the earth and let it rule over all nations. And that will bring betterment to the church. That will bring betterment to our lives. Yes, that's a good theory. But is that what God intended? And so the teaching became, if you please the Lord, you will prosper. Everything you touch will be blessed. Everything you have 
will have a touch of blessing upon it. How do you talk to a mother and father that have dedicated their lives, have read the Bible, have taught their children about the ways and the things of God, only to have, maybe disappointingly, something take place that denies their sacrifice and denies their teaching. But I taught them, right? We've been taught that if you're a Christian, everything turns out prosperous, and it doesn't. Things happen that we have no answer for. But because we've been taught that if we're Christians, no problem. No trouble. Pastor John's been teaching this to our church for the last two to three weeks. Trying to get us to the place where we understand that no matter what we want to hear, the truth of the word of God is, do you have Christian faith? Are you steadfast no matter what happens to you? Are you reliable? Are you faithful unto the Lord? Because what do you think he's going to say to us when we come through the glorious gates? Is he going to say, well done, good and faithful? Or is it going to be some other thing that we have been pleased with? What do you do if you pray? And pray and pray and pray and still bad things happen. What came to you when you received Christ as Savior? Faith came to you. And God says without faith, it is impossible to please him. All things are and were created for his pleasure. Without an ability to believe in the Lord no matter what happens to us. That's faith. And that will keep life in the church and life in our spirit. And we don't care what doctrine comes alive. We have been given the truth of faith as a miracle can only come from the word of God. And that devil will be right there to use the word. When terrible things take place, you'll be right there to say, there is no God. So I'm talking to you about this richly in theory. Thinking not in what the Bible as an authority says, but in the founder Christ as a founder of a new kingdom that is the controlling factor of belief, not in my relationship with Christ, but in my hearing of a doctrine that promises me health, wealth, and happiness all the days of my life. Last thing I want to talk to you about this morning before I Atheism. How does atheism 
prosper in a day like today. Why is it impossible, even in a church, that we have members in the church that might as well be atheists, that cannot believe things that are spoken in the word of God, cannot believe God's teaching as our sister gave it to us this morning, that the Lord says, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, shall man give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you give or meet, it shall be measured to you again. I personally pastored a church of which I had one of the wealthiest men in the churches. I just don't believe that. He might as well be an atheist. Atheists don't believe in God. Why is it that atheism is one of the strongest attacks against righteousness today? Singers, musicians, kids that don't even know life yet are saying there is no God. Atheists, students of religion, and missionaries of the ages. They don't battle with atheism. They testify that the idea that there is a God is universal in the human race. It is found among even the most uncivilized nations and tribes. Yet there are people today, you send your children to schools that are teaching atheism. And we've got to pray their protection. But my brother and my sister, what is going to defeat atheism? Faith. A living experience of what the Lord Jesus Christ is. What is going to keep them solid? A thing living in their spirit that they knew did not come from strange teaching, but the word of God spoke to them and Jesus himself by his spirit gave them the miracle of believing in the Lord God Almighty. You say, are you afraid of your kids? No, I'm not afraid. Because even the book of Isaiah says, to whom then shall you liken me, God speaking, or shall I be equal? My experience in God is not equal with atheism. It is far greater than atheism. My experience in God, by the reading of his word, the Holy Spirit has taught me and put something in my spirit that I'm not fighting with atheism. Atheism is not equal to Christianity. It is not equal to our possession of righteousness and having a relationship with Christ. 
And with us, I close. <laughs> Our kids don't need to have some special education that stops them from going out into the world. All they need is that relationship with God through Jesus Christ as a friend that literally defeats every false thing that came on the face of the earth. I believe in Jesus. Not because he answered my prayer last week. Did I have problems? Sure. Did you have problems? Yes. But our faith is not based on did we have a good week or a bad week. Our faith is based on the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us salvation and established righteousness in our life and gave us a gift of faith. And without it, you can't please God. Young people, you can't please God unless you get to the understanding. All things in life were created to please God. If it doesn't cause a godly pleasure to the Lord, reject it. It's the easiest law. All things are and were created for his pleasure. He was a man that pleased the Lord and the Lord took him. For he had this testimony that he pleased God. So my question this morning is, my anointing, my inspiration, my joy this morning. Is it a pleasure to the Lord? Or do I wait for something that's going to bless me first before I even give a shout unto God? Thank you, sister, for challenging us to give unto God. Thank you, church, for singing unto the Lord. You didn't sing good but you sung a little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you, a relationship with Christ is far greater than what the world can answer. I want the same testimony. He pleased God. Amen. He pleased the Lord. Indeed. I'm an old man now. Why do I come to church with my wife? We're both old. We both tithe. We both praise the Lord. We both testify. Listen, I'll tell you, I'm not even looking for some special anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm not serving God because 
I say I've been called of God and he has given me an anointed hand. And when I lay this hand upon you, 12 feet of blue flame is going to come out of it. Hallelujah. And burn up every problem that you got. No, you come to this church, you're going to have trouble. Lots of it. But you're going to have reality. You're going to have Jesus saying, I have given you faith that no matter what happens to you, you can believe in me, the Lord God Almighty. I believe in Jesus. Are you here this morning? Do you believe in Jesus? If you don't have a good relationship with him, you're in trouble. And you will deaden up and you will be like a dead stick and a dry tree in the midst of church hoping to get a little bit of blessing. (laughs) Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that the reality of our Christianity is not in what happens to us, but in what you've given us. You have given us the power to believe in you no matter what comes. Thank you, Lord, for a living faith. Church, lift your hands up and give God a thanks for something. Thank you for a living faith. Bless these people, I pray, in Jesus' name. All the people said, Amen.